bring up that sausage party thing one more time, there's another part of that story where uh, over, reportedly, over half of the animation team was let go, and apparently out of spite, those people were omitted from the credits from the final film. Yeah. So, like, these, these are people who worked on that film, Sausage Party, for at least a year, and then they, qu they quit either because of forced, you know, overtime without pay... Yeah, it's like... Or just ridiculous expectations and just stressful working environments. They, you know, some of them, over half the team, some of them stayed, but over half the team were like, you know what, I don't have to deal with this, to put up with this shit. I don't want to do this anymore. They left, and then the directors took that, apparently, as a personal attack, and then, out of spite, they were like, oh, well, you're not going to be listed in the final credit. They poured, a, like, over a year of their lives into yeah, this, yeah, trying no, to make it as good as they can. They couldn't even have that. Never mind the pay that they're not getting for all the overtime that they're spending there. They can't even have the credit, you know, there to be able to say, I worked on that. I'm proud of that. Look, my name is on it. I'm proud of that at least. They don't even have that. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess it definitely doesn't mean much, as much as a film, you know, being on television, but, like, I've definitely not been credited on everything I've worked on. Really? And, like, again, it's, it's so bizarre because, like, Sometimes it's like some people they're just like omitted from the credits and like in like many cases It's like people just don't care at that point. It's like ah, Hope they put my name on the next episode or whatever, but it's like it's so bizarre It's like whoever put the credits together. It's like why? Get get that right at the very least. Yeah, it's but like... in like in the case of sausage party I'm sure that was a very conscious choice of omitting those names yeah which it's is like they're like, gonna leave fuck them but it's like no Bullshit. definitely if if i were to work on a feature film um i have done a bit of work on a feature film but since it was only like a month of work like personally i don't expect to be credited but definitely if i did more than a month of work it's like i'd be insulted if i wasn't credited Mm -hmm. I think the only reason more people uh, didn't leave that show is because I think they had a really good screenplay there for that film, like for and Sausage Party. Like, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to kill the romance of it, but... I'm just kind of going by, like, it, it's getting really good reviews. Yeah, 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 People yeah. are saying it's really, like, laugh out loud yeah, funny. Yeah. One of the funniest animated yeah. films to ever come out in a, in a long time. And so they, it must have been a decent script, I figure. Yeah, and, and like, though, like, another thing I heard, it's like the director just, like, threw shit at the wall until something stuck, so... That must, that's, that's like the, like, animation is like the worst place for that to be a thing. I know, but it's like, I know what you're saying, it's like, I'm, yeah, like, I'm sure it helped that it was a great, it's like, oh man, I get to work on an R-rated movie, but at the same time, it's the reason a lot of people stick around, it's like, they need to pay the fucking bills. Yeah. Unfortunately, like, that's what it comes down to. Um, If I had a choice, like, every show I've worked on, it's like, if I had a choice, oh, I'd gladly, i like, i gladly leave. I, I don't give a shit about most of the cartoons I've worked on. But, unfortunately, I'm an adult. I need to pay my bills. I need to... <laughs> pay this student debt that's gonna take like another decade hopefully not that long but it's that's that's uh, that's un an unfortunate thing it's like the people who 
left sausage party it's it's possible like those people like were unemployed for months at a time right yeah just desperate for any kind of work i guess yeah and it's like we're and at the same time we're artists we could be very mentally fragile yeah <laughs> and like uh, there's a lot of us that like between contracts we're just depressed pieces of shit that can't like we have no incentive to get out of bed yeah so it's like yeah the, it's like when you're unemployed it could be rough because you it's like oh man am i gonna get work next week am i gonna get work in the next six months like that's true yeah that that lack of security definitely is really rough mm -hmm. and at the same time i could bitch and moan all i want about work and like i've contemplated on leaving every contract I've been on, but at the same time, it's like, well, then I'm fucked after because I need that income, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's... No, I totally get that. No, I see how that would be a factor. But um, I just think, considering, like, who the script is coming from, like, Seth Rogen and Evan his Goldberg... Yeah. I mean, they are good at what they do. I mean, they're doing that show Preacher now on TV, which yeah. is getting good reviews, too, and that's pretty cool. But, I mean, I just think, you know, aside from the money, which, and the job, and having a job, which is obvious, which are obviously factors, it must have been a relief to, like, be working on a script that was at least tolerable, never mind good. I mean, I, I yeah. imagine most of the time you're working on scripts that are fucking dog shit. Yeah, um... Yeah, I'll, I'll have to agree with that, is because, like... That must be such a bummer. I mean, like, at the very least, like, give me a script I, I can see value in, and it's like, I'm excited to bring this yeah. to life. Because otherwise, if you get all these scripts that are just, like, shat out by some fucking freelancing douchebag... And it's like, you're supposed to get jazzed up about this? Yeah. Like, it's like, no, I definitely agree, but at the same time, I come back to the Rick and Morty guys. Yeah. Really good fucking show, but a lot of those people... But nonetheless, it's a terrible production experience, yeah. Yeah, even if the writing is up there. Yeah, so it, it, it's definitely... Again, every production is always different. Yeah. Like, some are going to be like a lot smoother sailing than others. So, you know, I just, I have, I, I just imagine some of those animators, at least some of those animators on Sasha's party going like, well, I'm having a horrible time here. Yeah. I'm doing all this unpaid work, but this script is funny. Yeah. These scenes are funny. Uh, like the, the voice work yeah. and the, the character animation and the comedy is coming out. Like it's, like, it's fun to like watch what you've like created like yeah. this scene wow this is going to be great when it's in theaters people are going to really like yeah, this yeah. you know this is a film that is going to be remembered for a while and it's like i'm gonna get to have my name on this and it turns out half the animating staff they didn't even got, get yeah credit. yeah like, all that time they poured in it's yeah. like I'm, i get to be a part of this movie that's going to be really well received and really appreciated it's going to be a part of pop culture yeah no i that like that definitely would be heartbreaking and yeah. again i work in television but Definitely, you know, I, I can't say I have first-hand experience other than, like, a tiny bit of work in a feature animation, but it definitely would be nice to, like, lose yourself in, you know, quality over quantity as far as, like, animating shots for a feature film. Yeah. But, yeah, all the more so, it would be even more insulting to be not credited, credited on something like that. Yeah. To get... A little out of the negative here <laughs> do you have any do you have i know we've been going on for a while here but do you have at least maybe one like uplifting story something that happened at work where you know it was a good day at work uh you know not 
which is not the norm, but you know, it's like you went to work one day and you got something done. You're like, well, you know, that turned out pretty well, or that was a nice day at work. Do you ever have a day like that, or is it always a nightmare? The only, like, the only thing that pops to mind is like actually very inappropriate, <laughs> and like in a certain sense, not related to work. Oh, really? Okay. Uh... I, I'm, Remember, I'm, I can cut this if you don't. If you decide you don't want definitely, to say it later definitely, definitely. Um, but if you think it's a good story, then definitely. So, I'll, I'll definitely. <laughs> I'll def- I can't wait to hear this now. <laughs> like I, I think I, I, I may have told you. I may have told you this before, but um. Yeah. So, so as animators, we are very disturbed people. Yeah. And on a lot of productions we work on, we we sometimes like start a hidden folder on the network. <laughs> um. So like password protected, only you guys. Nah, can nah. It. It, it's it's just like in a really obscure spot where like production some network manager. drive somewhere that you all have access yeah, yeah. to yeah it's like we usually have like 20 network network drives right right and mind you it's just the animation department that does this <laughs> yeah I, I i guess no one else has that pent up just rage and stuff but um yeah we start some we start that anger's got to go somewhere it's got to be it, Ang- it takes this, some kind this, of form yeah this anger and sexual frustration <laughs> yeah uh, we we do this thing it's called we we sometimes name it like the weird folder or whatever but <laughs> How do I put this lightly? Um, we sometimes just like do just like really crude and lewd just characters and like very pornographic. <sighs> like the characters you're working on in the show. That yeah, you're making? yeah, 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 yeah. Like you know, can be in fucking each other in the ass and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much. Um, just ridiculous, over the top shit, right? Like yeah, and like outrageous for the sake of being outrageous, just because yeah, like, you're just trying to get some frustration like, out. Yeah, and. Like, in the past, like, um, one show I was on, you know, I had, like, little critter characters, but I was, like, really pissed off one day, so I just had the hedgehog just crucified on the cross, and just, like, all bloody with, like, the crown of thorns and everything, or, like, there was another one where I had already animated the shot, but, like, one of the the monkey characters was just, like, up perched on a thing, like on a little like birdie perch in the background and she's just like jerking off like <laughs> furiously and the camera's slowly panning in on this monkey <laughs> as in the foreground there's this like big stereotype russian bear talking <laughs> as the cameras but anyway when i did that the director of the show walked by <laughs> and he's like oh, he's like he actually like started laughing and shit and like me and the director we actually like i'm just like oh yeah, here's some other funny shit I did. And me and him, we just like sat down and we went through this whole like pornographic gore fest folder. (laughs) You and the director of the show, right? Yeah, me and the director of the show. And like, it felt good because it's like, sure, he's a director, but like, just like me, he just doesn't give a fuck. Right. And like, he even warned me, he's like, you you know, you should be careful with some directors and stuff. He's like, yeah, I'm aware. But so, so it's nice, like, you eventually have that person up there who, you know, like, again, he started as an animator as well, so he's just as deranged and messed up. Mm-hmm. 
But um, like that's the one nice thing. It's like I, I'm I'm one of those people who contributes the worst thing to those folders. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's nice to have someone higher up like appreciate it as well, and it's like. Oh, you know, someone as messed up as me can potentially, you know, make it, you know, make it, make my way along and not be, you know, stuck in whatever grunt position I'm in. Oh, totally. I mean, I hear, <clears throat> I listen to a lot of, like, film critics and, like, podcasts about film and stuff like that, and I hear a lot that it's, it's the people who make really, like, horrible stuff in film and put really horrible stuff on camera and, like, anima animation or film or whatever that you meet those people on their off time and they're like the nicest people ever but when if you like when it comes to people who make the like these family friendly kind of big hollywood movies that appeal to like the lowest common denominator you meet those people um on their off time and they're like the worst kind of people <laughs> that you don't want to associate with yeah so it's the I, really I it's the people who depict really messed up shit yeah those it, are the nice people that you want to hang yeah, out with i mean like i i guess it's because like we find that output, we don't give a shit, it's like, you know, in reality we're all really messed up, fucked up people, but since taboos and stuff, it's like, oh, I need to be proper, I can't, I can't be like that, it's, but, yeah, it, so it's, like, certainly helps, you know, yeah, and, oh man, I'm, I'm not even gonna mention the, the pony weird folder, that's, <laughs> I, that by yeah. far is the worst fucking... It's like the Ark of the Covenant in the Raiders. Don't open it. Don't look away. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Um, Your face yeah. fucking melts off if you say... Ah! It's like, oh my god. It's like... <laughs> Like that full or some of it, even I question. Just, just, just because it's like it's stuff you know bronies would be like like right on the spot they whip it out and fucking start jiggering off. Like, <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Anyway. Oh man. I'm intoxicated, so no regrets. Yeah. Until later. I think people need to know this shit, man. People need to be aware of like the the frustration and aggression that that goes on because of these horrible working environments but like these studio owners and the guys with the money they don't want any of this known they want to keep this under wraps they want to sweep yeah, everything yeah, under like, the fucking like, rug like to them it's they want it to be like a point a to b production yeah. that's like oh yeah we got this idea i mean or whatever we got this like production pitched to us and we did it yeah. Hooray! Yeah. It's like, that's it. And hopefully nobody finds out that we lost half our fucking staff. You know, half the staff told us to fuck off and they left. <laughs> but, like, at the end of the day, the movie did get made for $20 million, so then they can go on some big hotshot fucking Hollywood interview and be like, yeah, we're so fucking efficient and thrifty. Like, we know t how to make a big budget movie on the, well, for yeah, $20 yeah. Million. That's nothing. We can do that easily. Yeah, and we're like, going to be... Like, bragging able... about it. Yeah, we're going to be able to do it on 10 million next time. Yeah, fuck. And it, it's like, yeah, that's that's the disgusting thing. It's like, these people are, like, hopefully not in this case, but, like, people like this are rewarded for what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. It's like... And they're the ones who get the recognition. They're the ones who get to do these fucking big shot interviews. Yeah, and they're like, the, they're the and face it's like, it. that's the problem. It's like, productions are a huge fucking messy collaboration. But, yeah, in many cases, like, these people doing the interviews and stuff, like, they fucking had no part in it. Mm -hmm. Other than, like... 
<laughs> fucking just making everyone else feel like shit. Yeah. But it's like it, it's even in it even feels insulting like um like I watched I think it was like a Comic Con thing with like the Rick and Morty writers and like like the entire panel they're like, Oh man, this yeah, it's great time it's like but like not a single mention of the animators or like the people slaving away at the studio. Yeah. Not a single mention. And it's like, sure, the show, it's good because of the writing, but at the same time, there wouldn't be a show without the animation. They don't even want to acknowledge that department because, like, they, they don't want to s- start unearthing, like, the terrible stories. Yeah, and, it, and at the same time, like, I can't judge if the Rick and Morty writers are good or bad people. I've never met them. Mm-hmm. Like, they just might be oblivious to the case. I think that is the case most of the time. Well, I think that the, was the case with Sausage Party. Like, yeah, yeah, Seth yeah. Rogen and the other writers, they had no idea this was Though, at the same time, these writers, they went with the lowest bid. Right. You also have to keep that oh, in mind. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. So, so you know, it, it's hard to tell. It's like you've... But that's like mis- that's down to misrepresentation, too. That's like them saying, oh, we'll do it for $20 million. Like, it's got... The, the implication is, like, we're so efficient that, that we can get, the, you know... Our studio is just ticking along so efficiently that, yeah, we can do this for what's considered under budget. Yeah, no so, problem. you know... It, but the real reality of it is that Nitrogen Studios, like, that was their first feature film that they ever worked on. And according to ex-employees that were coming forward in the anonymous comments in that article that yeah. came out, they were saying, like, the studio didn't even have a proper pipeline yeah. established. Like, it was just a fucking mess. Like, you need a pipeline... Like that's that's priority number one. Yeah, tell me about that, it. Yeah, getting that fucking pipeline established so it's like this gets done by this party and then the work goes there and then they do the thing. It's like figure all that shit out and they they didn't have that shit figured out. And a lot of productions don't. Yeah, too many um, of them don't. No, um, yeah, yeah. It's like at the same time, it's like I wonder if like. Would I be able to, like, sit down and, like, you know, work a whole production out? But at the same time, like, you know, I do have a generalist knowledge of, like, most of these steps as opposed to, I guess, a lot of these higher-ups. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to tell. It's like, would I be able to do a better job? Can I make this world a better place? <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. It's frustrating. My hero like... the city deserves. <laughs> This, this department. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I, I've thought of, it's like, oh man, like, it would be cool if I could, like, run my own production and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, I don't want to become one of these, like, cost-cutting douchebags. Yeah. I think my ideal dream project would be, like, a small team of, like, five people. If I were to run a project, I'd want to stick to, like, leading it in a creative manner. Mm-hmm. As opposed to being like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get used to these spreadsheets. It's like, Joe, you have to get this much done today. It's like, why the fuck haven't you? And it, like, I don't want to become that guy. Yeah. Like, as a creative, I, I want to be a creative lead, and I don't want to be, you know, working on some like. As a kid, I always wanted to be a movie director, but it's like, at the same time. Like, I've grown to understand it more, and I definitely would be more content leading some short film or or small indie game, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Reminds me of uh, the role of film, first AD in film, where it's one of those jobs where it's, like, 
the the better you are at it, the more hated you are. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. No, I I can see that. Because the, the people who the kind of first assistant directors who keep things ticking along, they're the guys who are constantly on your case, saying like, "We got to get this. We got to move. Yep. You get one more take, okay? Get this take, and then we're moving on. I don't care. Just just you're getting this take, so make sure you get it right." And uh, yeah, man, it's such a shame. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunately like you know, as an artist, like I have accepted and I do it. Understand that you can't be without a deadline, like. No, yeah, it definitely if, helps. If, to if have you have it. no deadline, it's like you definitely you you know as an artist, I'm I'm never like sometimes even with like a drawing or something, I I sometimes I'm never satisfied with it. It's never done until I just call you, it quits yeah, and you, it's done. You work on a shot for a, a long ass time, and the fact of the matter is that you do reach a point of diminishing returns where it's like you work on it to a certain degree, you know, and you meet the deadline. But if you didn't have a deadline and you had the opportunity to to improve it a little bit yeah. it might only be like five percent better and another thing it's like even if it became like da vinci levels of animation like no one's gonna fucking see the difference that's the yeah. problem if you're not a trained animator you're not gonna be able to see the difference yeah so it it, it definitely needs to be that balance of it's like, oh man, like I want to spend a lot of time on this, but at the same time, like I'm going to develop as an artist, as an animator, if I'm going to jump onto another shot, then jump onto another one and, you know, yeah, and kind of pace it out. And like, I know I don't like quantity over quality, but in a certain sense, um, when you do work in like the middle ground of like doing some quantity, like it does definitely help as opposed to just like slaving away at one shot and just like becoming stale in the brain and yeah. You know. Anyway, it's yeah. So let's let's discuss religion, John. <laughs> <laughs> so politics. <laughs> We, we we had our warm up, so yeah. let's let's get into some real oh, heavy man, to yeah. subject matter. So how about that genocide? <laughs> <laughs> so we did we did briefly. That was one of my uh, things for later on. Was your dream job? What you would like to be doing? And you talked briefly about that and like making games and stuff like that. Uh, Unreal Development Kit has been. Available to download and free yeah. for a while, and we've been talking about collaborating yeah, yeah. on some kind of project on that. You know, kicking around, trying to figure out, like, what genre it would be in. Like, whether a first-person or a third-person exploration kind of game. So, yeah, yeah, you want to discuss that? Uh, not too much, but... Yeah, yeah, just briefly touch on it. Yeah, just briefly. I mean, it's it's really cool. I, I dicked around with the software a tiny little bit, and I can definitely see the potential in it. And, and the indie game scene, there's a lot of shitty indie games that are yeah, coming out. Yeah, and, and, and... But I think the... the like the reward of that it's it's a good price to pay like yep. even though there's this flood of terrible content yep. <laughs> you, you the you do get these diamonds yeah it's out. like the the way i see it is like unfortunately like you know the train has started going and um you know it's not as Unfortunately, oh, there goes my beer. Um, unfortunately, it's not as easy to stand out since, like, there is going to be a lot of shit submitted now. It's a very oversaturated Steam. market now. But at the same time, it comes down to, like, if you do something quality, like, I'm sure it's going to be noticed. 
That's my philosophy too. Just yeah. like do the best you can on it and it will be recognized eventually just because people like good shit. People like good stories. People want to feel something at the end yeah. of the day. And that I feel like that's like for animators, they get scripts in and it's like, this isn't making me feel and this script is dog shit. Like I want to, if I'm going to invest my time animating something frame by frame painstakingly, yeah, I want the fucking script like, to be good. And like, yeah, and, and you still try. It's like, oh man, it's this fucking purple pony, but <laughs> yeah. you still, you still the, try and put yourself in this character yeah. of feeling friendship despite how fucking stupid it is like yeah. it's like that that's what we want to do like that's as an artist it's like that's what we want to do bro yeah but yeah as far as games like um my pc has been like over a decade old it's it's right there yeah my fucking it's bumblebee it's probably deceptively old looking like it's an old chassis that you it's like an old cover yeah it, it, yeah, it, yeah 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 but it, but it has it, the the covers the the out, outer shell of a very old looking computer yeah but it is you over probably, a decade old you got um, some sophisticated parts in there surely though right yeah but you know his nvidia and windows decide to stop you know yeah. um updating software but uh recently like a month ago i like loaded a few grand onto my credit card to build a new pc oh nice <laughs> just because i do like i seriously want to get into the unreal engine like so badly but at the same time i do need to find that time outside of work after those 12 to 15 hour days to actually sit down and work on content yeah. And game engine. And, you know, as an artist, it would be quite an undertaking to be the one doing all the props, models, mm -hmm. rigging, animation, environments, right? Yeah. So definitely, like, it, it would be definitely beneficial to have more than a, just a couple people on it. Yeah, I think my favorite thing about the indie game scene right now is the emphasis on storytelling. Yeah. And there's a lot of, like non-combat games coming out like it's a lot of like exploration games and character driven games and like i like that stuff i mean just because you're not constantly shooting russians or terrorists yeah. <laughs> you know doesn't mean it can't be a good game russian muslim terrorists <laughs> <laughs> whatever the fuck yeah uh no uh, whatever like bad, i, I bad guy i'd X. actually i'd actually want to keep this for a future podcast yeah um no totally yeah because like there's so much to discuss i i personally i don't want to become a game developer i see games as a new medium that hasn't been explored for storytelling totally yeah but at the same time what worries me is a lot of critics and stuff when you have a cool game like um watchtower or whatever firewatch or firewatch I think yeah it was, i haven't yeah. played it but it's like people are just like oh yeah it's just a walking simulator yeah that's dumb and that uh, that worries me because like the core group of gamers they're gonna cling on to their oh it's not a game it's just a walking simulator yeah it's an ex it, it sh it's an experience it should be gauged on that right i mean so i'm i'm definitely one reason i'm excited for vr because if that becomes mainstream it's like that's what a lot of experiences have to be yeah you're not gonna have the the twitch twitch gameplay like um fidelity of a doom mm -hmm. if you're in a fucking vr headset right right so it definitely is gonna have to step back from the fine 
accurate accurate aiming and all that so like i'm hoping it does start and push the trend towards more storytelling mm-hmm. like i know um is it rocksteady that do the batman games yeah um i recently heard telltale's just done their own batman yeah. game too i think no that yeah yeah and, and like telltale is one of the only like mainstream developers who focus on storytelling that i can think of yeah Though, the Rocksteady guys who did the Batman games, they're doing a VR thing, but rather than just having, like, a small team on it, they put the whole fucking studio on it, as far as I know. Awesome. And from hearing some game journalists, like, they're doing, like, a Batman VR detective game, and it sounds amazing. Makes you feel like Batman, not just in the sense of, like, beating, like, cracking heads, but no, no, being like an actual detective. Doing, yeah, yeah, so... Um, Batman in the true sense of the word when Bob Kane first created the character. So, um, like, stuff like that just makes me so excited. It's like having, like, a big developer, like, putting all their resources sources in a like outright storytelling like experience so definitely we'll have to see how that goes and perhaps Mm -hmm. we can delve into some more discussion about the vr yeah i'd love to do a show on games yeah that'd be great to start wrapping things up here what got you into animation in the first place is there like a particular game or movie or cartoon that you saw in your youth that inspired you and you know you made made you think this is what I want to do for a living I really like this yeah so um like I did mention briefly like as a kid I did want to be a film director but Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people who it's so hard to put my finger on like oh what's my favorite movie or what's my favorite cartoon um yeah like I actually you know just so much out there yeah it's like like even when there's like a movie it isn't excellent but it's like there's some aspect of it it's like oh man that's so good um like i wish the whole movie was like that but um there's just so much and i i think i just always gravitated towards visual storytelling yeah and despite i'm an animator like i would eventually like to fund my own short films live action Mm-hmm. Because, like, I, I don't want to, like, you know, pigeonhole myself into, like, a corner of one medium, one tool. Mm-hmm. It's, again, we mentioned games. I I, I just want to explore storytelling with all sorts of mediums. Like, I, I want to be an experimenter, an explorer. Yeah. So I'm not one of those, you know, film snobs that's like, oh, this is the one way to do it. No, it's like I, I want to explore. I want to experiment film i think a lot of people in this industry want to be versatile they don't want to be just good at one very particular facet yeah and and then that's another irony of the you do well in one aspect but then you get tied to that it's like well he can only do that thing and then you're like well no i can do other stuff as well no no you do that thing because that's that's you now unfortunately like that's an irony is like if they want a pipeline and a studio running it's like oh it's like we want you to do this one fucking thing. Even though it's like you might be more qualified for a certain like higher upside position. It's like this guy comes out, he's like, oh, you do this and this. And then you could be like, actually, you fucking do this. It's better. But it's like, oh, but you have no say in it because, oh, you're the animator. You don't do this. Yeah. So, no, it's an irony, unfortunately, because I guess a, a production is never versatile enough for like... 
everyone to be at their maximum potential. Yeah. So I don't know. it's it's again another good reason I'd love to work on a smaller production because more the like each individual is going to contribute in a higher you know yeah certain sense if you think of it rather than like okay this is the production line when you we need you doing this one fucking thing and just shut your mouth about everything else <laughs> yeah one of the first one of my earliest recollections of like a cartoon movie that really stuck with me well there's a few the first one was uh, the great mouse detective Did you yes watch that well yes obviously i had that on vhs i used to watch that over and over and over again i just had like looking back on it it's not really that fantastic of a movie but it is it really has its charm and it's one of those movies that really stuck with me and made me really appreciate animation what a better example is the fox and the hound have you seen that I fucking love that movie, man. And I, there's moments in that movie that... I mean, it's a cartoon, but it feels so grown up at the same time. Like, you you start off seeing this character, Todd, who's, like, getting raised. And it starts off as a very kind of kid-friendly, you know, happy-go-lucky kind of Disney movie. And it gets into these really serious themes of, like, friendship. And there's, there's some... Re, re, uh, some undertones of, um, how'd you describe it? This, like race relations. There's an yeah. argument there yeah, yeah. between like the dog and the fox. And it's like, we are these animals. So, you know, we're like, we're born enemies. Like, you know, there, there's no other option. Like we're, we're going to have to beat like ripping each other's throats out when we're adults. Yeah. You know, they're friends as kids, Todd and copper, they befriend one another and then they grow up and then Copper becomes the dog who hunts foxes. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, Todd grows up and he's abandoned in the woods and he has to, like, grow up and find, like, a mate. And then, you know, he's got to protect her and then, like, the the dog and the dog's owner are, like, hunting him down ruthlessly and smoking out his foxhole and shit like that. And, and then there's this moment right at the very end where like there's that bear fight and then Todd is like wounded and the guy goes up to him for the killing shot but one of the dog chief or copper comes yeah, yeah, in yeah. and stands, stands in his in way and just yeah. just looks at him and they just exchange these stares and the guy lowers his gun walks I'm like this is so that's some deep shit and, man like that hit really fucking hard I know and this is one big thing that frustrates me with the the perception of animation is even Disney said animation is for everyone. He yeah. doesn't aim it for kids. Mm -hmm. Like animation was originally. That's a poisonous way to think about it. To think that animation is strictly for children and you can't tell meaningful and, stories and through it's it. It's so frustrating because, like, at the same time, if you do aim it at children, don't treat them like fucking retards. <laughs> yeah. And that's another, that's that's the problem is because we're working on kids shows it's like oh you need to make it as simplistic and idiotic as possible just so they understand it it's yeah. like fuck it's just like fucks and hound it's yeah holy shit like some stuff still you know still stick out some of those moments and yeah I, man I've I, I, I've seen so many of those animated films so many times and yeah just uh. So that movie in particular is just filled with moments that hit me harder than any live action movie ever did. And I'm like, wow. 
like animation can pull this off. That's amazing. No, it, it's for kids, and you're just a fucking. Oh idiot. yeah, oops, oops, sorry everybody. It's just a cartoon. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a cartoon animal. Yeah, can't ever be nominated for awards or anything like that because it's not serious film like oh, live I, action. It's got to be, if it's gonna, if it's gonna win an award. It has to be live action. It's got to be about the Holocaust or somebody with a disability. <laughs> and, and okay, and this is another thing most people don't know, but there's a lot of like pioneer methods that animation did before film and film stole from animation. Yeah, that um, doesn't surprise me. Yeah. For example, like storyboards, uh, Alfred Hitchcock actually like outright stole that from Walt Disney. The, the, the act of storyboarding? Yes. Yeah. There was some like live action behind the scenes Walt Disney needed to film. I can't remember for which animated film. But it was one of Hitchcock's, uh, Hitchcock's uh, cameramen that got sent over there. Mm -hmm. And he's like, holy shit, what is this on the wall? Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, well, we plan it out. We want this shot, this shot, this shot. And the cameraman's mind was just blown. He's like, holy fuck, you thought of this beforehand? Yeah, so it's just a new thing. Like, And, and it's like, in animation, that's common sense sense it's like you can't just jump into animation it's like so and like that's just an example like mm -hmm. animation unfortunately again it's you know portrayed as oh, a child medium but like there's just so much sophistication in there and so much to be explored and uh, sausage party or whatever like is sausage fest it may be like a juvenile full of like raunchy dick jokes and stuff but at the same time i hope it does encourage more r-rated animated films mm -hmm. I, I don't want all my r-rated animated films to be like dick jokes and stuff but it's uh you know what i think there are going to be more r-rated animated features but i think studios are going to take it the wrong way they're gonna, yeah, just they're like, gonna be like, oh, people just want swear words and stuff. No, and, and, nudity. and, and I think like Deadpool is a good example. Yeah, as that's far a as, like, very good example. It's like this movie works really well because it like portrayed the character properly and stuff. But it's like, yeah, studios are going to take it the wrong way. So they're like, oh, so we need to make studio like, I mean, superhero movies like raunchy and shit. Yeah. It's taking away completely the wrong thing. I mean, that's the swear words are not what made Deadpool successful. No. It's completely different things. It's like that. I mean, that actor, first of all, Ryan Reynolds, was a good choice yeah. for that. And, and, he was um, clearly a fan and, of the source material. Yeah, that definite. And um, the director of that film was actually an animator. I read about that. Yeah. He had his own studio, yeah, and he did all his visual effects in house. Yeah. And they were very good, yeah. too. I know. It's, uh, so, yeah, that. Deadpool, good example. Of and it was like, just a pretty good movie, at like a simple story. Wait, told. actually, we watched that together, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah. It's a simple story told well. Yeah, me and John, we went on a gay date on Valentine's Day to see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, but yeah. yeah, no, it's um. Unfortunately, when something comes out that works, it's fucking studio execs aren't gonna fucking understand why it works. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, this made this much money. They chase numbers, yeah. yeah. They look at numbers. They just look at constant spreadsheets. And they look at number increases, and they're like, oh, that's doing well. And then they just take the wrong things. Yeah, and just like an example, um, I, I haven't watched it, but like 
the Batman killing joke, there's an animated thing for it, and... I watched that, yeah. And it made a fuck ton of money for what it was, and mm -hmm. how limited it was, but yeah, it made a lot of money. It's like, guys, you need to understand, like, there's an audience for it. Yeah. And... <sighs> See, the important thing about that was not... It wasn't about... Oh, let's like a let's make a Batman movie where we can say the word fuck and bitch and shit and they stuff have like that. Batman's dick hanging. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah, exactly. The <laughs> the point of it was like that was the only real way to tell that story correctly was to was to have the language barrier off limits and to be able to depict certain things that are disturbing, yeah, yeah. because that is what is true to that story. Like this is. It's like considered the ultimate origin story for the Joker, so it needs to be something really hard hitting, right? In order no, to give that that villainous character justice. Yeah, I, I definitely I just want those mature themes in animation. That's yeah. I I crave for it. Mm -hmm. I have ideas of my own, but definitely you know I have to flush them out and get collaborate on said ideas. But uh, it's not for it's not for kids. It doesn't have to be for kids. Yeah, what I've realized over the years, like it, what doesn't matter if it's film, doesn't matter if it's animation, doesn't matter what the characters are, doesn't matter if they're human, doesn't matter if they're animals, doesn't matter what if it's meant the target audience is for kids, it's if it's for adults. What really is at the heart of it is the story each time, and like the story needs to be good, and it may, it needs to make you feel things and understand things about life and you know, have you leaving the theater with a new kind of sense of perspective, saying, well, you know what, that really, that movie really taught me something. Yeah. Even if it was a children's animated, like Fox and the Hound, man, that, that movie hit me so fucking hard to the point where I still think about it, like, to this day. And it, I think, like, it's, I think it, it's especially important in children's media, above all else, because it's like... No, kids are fucking retarded. <laughs> we can't give them... We well, can't... they will be fucking retarded if we keep force-feeding them know, this bullshit that panders to them. I know, and it's the irony, because stuff, like, in a certain sense, is getting dumber and dumber. Yeah. It's, uh, anyway, sorry to cut you and, off No, there, it's but... fine, but, like, like, it's all children's media needs to fucking play it safe all the time, and you can't go into mature themes in children's <laughs> no, media. No, we just need to give them seizures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's the children who need that most of all, is for their media to go into uncomfortable territory and, you know, help them digest that in a way that, you know, they can connect with. Yeah, um... That's what Fox and the Hound did for me, because, like, I'm, I'm empathizing with this, like, kid Fox part, but then the second half of the movie, it's like Todd's grown up, he's thrown, yeah. abandoned in the wilderness, and he's like, he's left to fend for himself, and it's like, it feels so grown up after that point. And and and, like, it's, and it makes you think as a kid, like, oh man, there's a real ugly reality out there that I gotta be prepared for. Yeah, that's and, a good message to spread and, to and kids. And I think the movies that stick with me the longest are the ones where, when I rewatch, it's just as relevant, or I get something new from it. It's like, like universal I'm, themes that can yeah, be applied like, at any time. I yeah. may not have fully understood the movie as a kid, but I just like felt there's something there. Yeah. And as I watch it as I'm older, it's like holy shit, like like you just keep like it's like an onion, you keep, you know, mm -hmm. peeling more layers of it. Yeah. That's uh, uh so yeah, just you guys give us a bunch of money and we'll direct a R rated porno. Holocaust movie. <laughs> <That's animated. laughs> and, 
Um, it's lots, gonna lots of f bombs, and it's gonna teach your kids to yeah be millionaires. <laughs> All right, last thing. Do you have do you have any advice for listeners who might be aspiring animators who want to be like you who do the thing that you do? Do you have any passing words of wisdom that you want to pass along to them? Um, like I've I've bitched plenty about industry and you know there's it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to solve that but at a fundamental level I think the most important thing is fucking draw every day mm-hmm. don't be like oh man I need to like I need to perfect this one sketch or whatever because it's like at the end of the day it's gonna look like shit if it's the first drawing you've done right right so I think one challenge that's nice to do is like one sketch a day literally keep it up for years mm-hmm. it's it's all about persistence there's no fucking magic button sometimes like sometimes people come up to me it's like oh, I want to be good at art like you it's like well I, I spent like the last 25 years doing it it's like no but I want to be good like you right now it's like well too fucking bad it doesn't work like that gotta work your ass off to people get to are like point. oh man like you're so lucky you have the talent it's like I earned it yeah. I mean that's what it comes down to that's what it comes down to with a lot of skill it's persistence you're always gonna think your stuff is bad, but that's what keeps you pushing. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh man, this sketch looks like shit. Well, then move on and draw another one because, like, eventually you keep improving. And animation again, it's a lot about strong poses and watch a lot of films, read a lot of books, just to help you get into the mind of characters. And mm-hmm. it's again, it's a very generalist generalist view of the world it's just experience life draw everything from life including dangly schlongs of 80 year old men (laughs) yeah it's but yeah it's just appreciate life before you put a bullet in your head (laughs) (laughs) great well thanks for listening everybody You heard it here, folks. Don't kill yourselves. Yeah, and I, you know, I would say the same thing for any uh, writers there who are listening. I mean, the only reason I got I got to the position I'm at is because I wrote shit for like at least five years before I started, you know, churning out scripts that were actually any decent. I mean, not even like more than that. I mean, I didn't feel like I plateaued in my skills until way, way late in my career. And I, for a lot of that time, I just sucked. And just because you suck doesn't mean you should stop. You just, if if you want to do something, you I mean, you don't need anybody to tell you to do it. Like, you'll do it on your own. Just keep doing it. And don't let anybody tell you that, you know, it's it's your stuff sucks so bad that you should never keep trying. You should always keep trying and trying to, ref- if it's something you really want to do, if you have a creative itch to do that, if like, if you wouldn't get paid to do it and you want to do it, like, just keep doing it until you are good at it it's as simple as that all right so we're wrapping up this podcast now before i close it do you have anything you want to plug uh do you have any channels do you have something on youtube maybe a deviant art page some kind of funding thing that you're doing do you have anything links you want to share yeah i have my deviant art page where i post my 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 little pony porn 
No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. Unfortunately. Unrestricted access to the weird folder. <laughs> no, unfortunately, I, I haven't had much time to leave a footprint on the internet, but mm-hmm. anything I do Th- in the future... That must really be frustrating. Yeah, you know? no, it is. Unfortunately, it's like... You pour all this energy into, like, frame animating dog shit scripts, but you have all these great ideas of your own. Yeah, and, you and just like, like I, I started, like, a Tumblr art blog, like, a year ago, and I just haven't, like, posted anything on there. But, um... Yeah. When I do get that rolling, it's all gonna come down to my Twitter, and that's where I'm gonna tweet all this artsy shit and, and goodies. So yeah, my Twitter is at lemurgimmick. All lowercase? Yeah, all lowercase. No spaces? No spaces. L-E-M-U-R-G-I-M-M-I-C-K. Two M's, right? Yeah, two M's. So yeah, that, that that's where I'm, I'm gonna definitely, hopefully, post more doodles and stuff on there and eventually branch out to some more elaborate stuff but were you serious about the uh the deviantart page do you have a username on actually no that that was a joke (laughs) i I, I personally think deviantart is a joke (laughs) um so much fucking shit anime art on there furry porn it's not even it's i think it's mostly mostly like anime or photographers Mm. When it's like guy, some guy with a shitty SD camera, like taking photo photos of his dick, and he calls it. I'm not even kidding. This is my experience on Deviant Art. Just like the homepage of recent things, and it's just like, it's just like a, a snuff film photo of just like a guy's dick with like a, a shoelace, like choking it off. It's like just, I'm not even kidding. This is art. My dick is bleeding for yeah. you. <laughs> Let me know what you guys think in the comments. <laughs> Post your own dicks. <laughs> Excited to hear what you guys think. Smiley face. <laughs> Did people comment on that? But cool, man. <laughs> This is awesome. <laughs> Radical penis, man. Yeah. Thumbs up. You just got a follow from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tune in for my live streams. You see my dick on, on video. All right. So Twitter, that's about it mm-hmm. for you. That's no other social media yeah, channels. I've got anything? plenty of dick pics on there. Do you, so. you don't have a YouTube channel or anything? Um, I do by the same name, but um, I definitely haven't. No, no, not much on that. <clears throat> not for years, but definitely that's something I want to update. Take pictures of your dick and tie a rope around it, a shoelace. No, I, I do a video tutorial. <laughs> 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 yeah, with you in front of some white background. Hey guys, here with another tutorial video. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. All right, let's get to it. <laughs> Tying shoelaces around your dick and balls until it's like purple. Fucking blue and it like yeah. pops. Bit gets on the camera and ah, oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> internet. We're all fucked up. Embrace yourself. <laughs> I think people, everybody's caring less and less, which I kind of like. But then there's third world countries. <laughs> 
And, oh yeah, and there's like the big flood in the States right now. And some guy blamed his house flooding on the homosexuals. <laughs> oh my god. Like, like some Christ. biblical punishment? Yeah, like Jesus Christ just... This is the States! Yeah. And some guy is blaming a flash flood on the gays. Just <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Please, someone, just execute this man. <laughs> this is on you, gays. You hear that? <laughs> Stop flooding people's houses. <laughs> you just gotta like other guys with no thought of the houses that you're flooding. Gotta <laughs> be ashamed of yourselves. You're making baby Jesus cry. Yeah, remember, straight is the way of God and white is right. That's really what you're trying to say, Daniel, right? At the end of the day, white is right and don't be gay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, if that does it for the plugs, then I'm going to now close this show. Do you have anything else to add? You think we're good? Butt plugs. Butt plugs? Yeah. Don't forget butt plugs. You selling them on your, uh, no, I, I just have video <laughs> tutorials. I actually don't know what the fuck butt plugs are for, but we'll leave that for another podcast. <laughs> do you actually <laughs> do you actually have any video tutorials that you have uploaded for stuff? Like, have you done anything like that? Or no, no, yeah. it's um, I I've like nuked a lot of my content. So <laughs> oh, fair enough. Embarrassing. <laughs> All right, guys, that does it for the See Me After Class podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, here come my plugs. Uh, check out my website, imaginativelogo.com. My YouTube channel is uh, John CJG. I have a SoundCloud account, John CJG 420 69 I only did that because they took my fucking John CJG username. It's fucking guys that go on to like popular websites and just use my username and then I try to make an account on the same fucking website. Yeah, it's like, no, you can't. This guy already did it. Yeah, I've had to bribe some kid for Lemur gimmick before. <laughs> Halo art. Just Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Holding it hostage. <laughs> draw me you some gotta play master. Halo with me. <laughs> draw me some Master Chief. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> You can follow me on Twitch at JCJ Graham. I do streams and commentaries on there. My Twitter is uh, at JCJ Graham. And I got a Facebook uh, studio page. Uh, you can go to facebook.com slash John TJG and check that out. Subscribe, follow, whatever the fuck. All right, thanks for listening. That's the end of the podcast. And uh, see you next time. Stop beating off. It's my own fucking house, bro. <laughs>